the level of competition there is so high, it just takes one little misstep to lose it all. You have to be perfect. I really think you've got to earn your stripes. Well, I grew up in a big family. You have to fight for a spoon. You have to fight for a place to the table. And when someone shows up and they're kind of like, oh, where's my seat? Like, mm, get out of here, man. Do you respect Conor McGregor? My name is Ibi Aslam, and you're listening to Ibi Aslam Uncensored. Welcome to my podcast where we discuss property, business, lifestyle, and well-being. If this is the first time you are visiting us, then please hit the follow button on your app. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too, and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there. So Bilal... Um is the one that really told me about you. Okay, nice. He said that uh, I've got a really good brother and he's in, yeah. you know, he does fighting, fighting and yeah, this yeah. and that. And, uh, good guy, Bilal. Proper good guy. Proper yeah, guy. Yeah. Just had a baby, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Big life step, that. Big big change. Yeah. Him, uh, well, he seems to be doing all right with it. Yeah. How do you know Bilal? You work with Bilal? He does so, yeah, so, uh, so with Bilal, it's like I see him religiously every single week. Okay, nice. For recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not a fighter or anything, but... No. It's just because I train hard, do train seven days a week, mm-hmm. plus like I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm working all the time yeah. with business. So yeah. that recovery part, it's yes, it's it's good in terms of like Health it's making, wealth, man. but it's it's yeah. mind as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, everything. yeah definitely, definitely. So really I I kind of like it, brother. Thank you for coming on. No worries. Introduce yourself to my audience mm-hmm. and let them know who you are. From my understanding, you're an electrician, yeah. you're an MMA fighter, uh-huh. and you're an MMA coach. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so in your own words. Uh, yeah, so I've, um, I've been competing as a professional in MMA for the last two years or so. I think I, went, I made my debut in 2018, so a little bit longer than that. Um, amateur debut, pro debut in 2020, so we're going on three years now. Um, I've worked as an electrician, yeah, I did a lot of work like that. Kind of left that behind now, I focused a bit more on my coaching. I do a bit of coaching, um, but my main priority at the moment is to be a professional and to kind of do well in the sport of MMA. Okay, okay. So how old are you? 28. Okay. And so you, so, so let's, let's, let me take it. So you was an electrician, right? Yeah. Were you working for somebody or did you have your own company? So... um, I became an electrician to allow myself the freedom to work um, around a schedule that wasn't nine to five. Okay. And before that, I was working as a um, research technician at the university. So I was, I was working in research and I used to work nine to five, Monday to Friday. Yeah. And I was kind of just locked in working nine to five, Monday to Friday. I was doing like a degree apprenticeship. So I was working towards getting my degree done and... I kind of just saw that the progression in that field, because I got the opportunity to work as an apprentice whilst studying, I got to kind of do the jobs that I would do when I graduate. Okay. And I kind of got the opportunity to see like a couple of years into the future. And it felt like I was just going to be kind of stagnating and sitting and doing not much Mm. in terms of progression. How old were you though at this point? I was, um, this is about six six years ago, so I was probably about 22. Yeah, early 20s, yeah. Early 20s. And I was working, I was doing my nine to five, and then I had my son. And it kind of made me think a lot about what I was doing and where I was. 
Yeah. And whether I was like satisfied with what I was doing. Mm. And I kind of realized a few times I'd have conversations with people and I'd say to them, yeah, I'm a researcher. I'm a researcher at the Uni of Manchester. Mm. Sounds really, really good. And I, I kind of realized I was using that as a bit of a cover. Okay. I was kind of hiding behind that. Like, sounds prestigious, sounds uh, smart, kind of ticked all my boxes in terms of um, what kind of image I wanted to present to the world. Yeah. But when I had my son, it made me think a bit more introspectively. And it made me think more about like who I really, really want to be in truth. And that wasn't it. Do you know what I mean? It was like a nine to five, very rudimentary, basic work um, in terms of my earning potential. It was capped. My, my professional development was limited. Like I was waiting to the next guy to retire basically before I could get anything going. Um, and then COVID kicked in. Kicked in. Um, so I got the opportunity to go the on The COVID furlough. experiment, right? Right, yeah. So everyone's at home for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you do with the time? Um, I started training full time. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so in COVID? Went, yeah, I just went all in. I was training six days a week. Where did you start training? I it was behind closed doors. Got it. I was training behind closed doors. I think a lot of us was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got, I got this little window because I'd made my debut, amateur yeah. debut, the day before the lockdown started. There was kind of a bit of um and an ah in as to whether I'd even fight. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They were kind of saying, like, oh, there's going to be lockdowns, there's going to be this. I was saying, I'm probably not even going to fight. Mm. Ended up fighting, had an amazing amateur debut, finished the guy in, in the first round, TKO, um, followed all the instructions. So, so let me just stop you there. So you're 22, you, you, then you, you know, you're telling people this is what you want to do, but deep down you want to do something totally different. Yeah. You eventually figure it out when COVID kicks in, yes. once you start training. Yeah. When you step into that, MMA gym. Yeah, you've never done MMA before, right? That's not that's not fair to say that I've never done it before. Right. Okay. I, I wouldn't say I've never ever done it before. So I've done like like bits of kickboxing. At this point, I'd been doing a lot of um, youth work, kickboxing. Okay. Uh, coaching kickboxing. I've been doing a bit of jits. I've been a lifelong martial artist. This is what I mean. So you had experience. Yeah. You, you've been in and out of the gyms, and you it, know, yeah. it would be unfair to say that I never done it before. Yeah. But I would say the approach that I take when COVID hits is an approach of a... Of a you took it seriously. Even though I was an amateur, I was taking a professional approach. Got it. And I was training with professionals. Um, and to be honest with you, even though I had some background, I yeah. really do feel if anyone kind of was in that position, they could make as fast progress as I did. Mm. In that, the guy that I was when I started, six months later, that guy would, would kick the ass of the guy who started. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, in them yeah. six months, the progress I made in them six months, two years really COVID was, wasn't it? Yeah. Thereabouts, yeah. something like that. Yeah. The progress I made in them in them two years um, outweighs any of the life experience I had before that, yeah, I, I yeah. think. Certain things like flexibility that I had from childhood, from training martial arts as a child. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was, was kind of developed in those, those first dedicated years. Interesting. So when you start off as a professional like that and you start thinking, well, I've got a, I've got a career. I can make a career out of this. Firstly, what is a career of of an MMA fighter? Usually? Yeah. What is it typically? Yeah. So the, the 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 opportunities to make money from fighting are quite limited um, at first. Mm. You're kind of stuck between um, a rock and a hard place. Like, that's what they say, isn't it? You stick between a rock and a hard place. Like you you can take fights on big shows in the UK. Yeah. Where you're not gonna get. Uh, great wages or you can take fights on small shows where you're going to get worse wages mm. <laughs> but maybe easier opponents I had I had a unique opportunity 
because I'm of Arab descent. I'm from, I was born in Libya, my dad's from Libya. Um, I had the opportunity to fight on UAE Warriors. So that's a show in the Middle East. Yeah. They fly you out to Abu Dhabi, the wages are a bit better um, and you get to fight out there. So for me, coming from that background, I had a route yeah, yeah, from yeah. even before the kind of the idea was we'll get you into a good shape we'll get you through your amateur fights and then when you go pro we're going to send you out there and the wages are this and the wages are that and you're going to be able to make a bit of cash um, but really you have to supplement your income you have to supplement your income with something um, this so, is why I became an electrician got it got it right so either you do that or you do something else or sponsors you or... can coach PT sponsors mm. um, for me I really like uh and I've always had a bit of experience working. I used to work with my dad um, doing like working on property and stuff. So I had a bit of a knack for it. I knew how to use a drill. Um, my brother had just uh, started his company as an electrician. And he said to me, why don't you do this course? Yeah. So I just, whatever money I had saved, I just invested it all on this course. I did a course, it was like a fast track course. Got it. For an electrician? Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. in right before the, um, the deadline as well because they changed the guidelines on mm -hmm. how much qualifications you have to have and stuff. So I got uh, qualified and then I was able to work as an electrician and it was, it was amazing for me because I was free to kind of take time out whenever I needed or put out extra hours in and, yeah. and also like just jumping in working with my brother and that. Yeah. All, all my brothers work as um, tradespeople. So my youngest brother's an apprentice at the moment as an electrician. My older brother is an electrician, and my oldest brother is a guest engineer. And my dad was a guest engineer, so they've always been... Runs in the family, then? Yeah, there's always been some element of, of, of trade yeah, there. Yeah. So what's the entry point for someone that, that's getting into MMA at, at the very start? Like, for the first few years, mm -hmm. what, what are they going to get paid, like, on, roughly? So you're not looking to get paid... As a professional, you're not looking yeah, to yeah. get paid, like, very, very much. Um, you may be... You may be looking at like a couple hundred quid here and there for your first wow. couple of fights. Yeah, some some people. And you can get saying, injured as well, right? Yeah, massively injured. You're probably going to get injured on you your are. way to your first fight. You're probably <laughs> going to get injured. Um, but even people have said to me like, "Oh, you guys are lucky to even get paid." Like we used to have to sell tickets. When you're an amateur, you sell tickets to make your money. Mm. So people are saying to me, "You're lucky you even get paid in your contracts." Like we used to just have to sell tickets to to make our money. That's why a lot of people go to doing PTs and that and coaching. Got it. But then that takes time away from your training. It takes time. So as a professional MMA fighter, when you take this, start taking this seriously, what does your day kind of look like? Pay attention. I've got some exciting news for you guys. I've launched a seven day free, total free audio course for you guys, which is going to help you improve and elevate your mindset. And it's also going to help you in your business. All you have to do is go and sign up every single day, day one to day seven, you will receive a free two minute audio from me in my own words, in my voice. And what that will do is help you in your business and your mindset. Make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it. So I, um, in an ideal day for me, yeah. I'm up. As a uh, professional, yeah? I'm up before the kids. Uh, hit the gym for like a steady state. What's up before the kids? What's that? What That's time? like 5.30. Got it, okay. <laughs> the kids are up at like 7. Okay, so, so I've I got no kids. So <laughs> no, okay. no, no. I've got three now. So um, I'm up at like 5.30. Yeah. I'll, I'll go for a swim or a run. In something, the morning, yeah? Yeah, something easy, something that's not going to take too much out of me. And then I'm home, get the kids ready, take them to school, and then go to 10 a.m. training. I'll train at 10 a.m. until about 11.30. Then I'll have my first meal then. I like to train on an empty stomach. 
got it. Can't train on a full stomach. I get a bit bloated, a bit gassy and that. I yeah, have yeah. a coffee before I train. Um, I'll have my first meal then and then I'll coach then until 2.30. Mm. So 11.30 till 2.30 I'm coaching. PTs, small groups. Um, and then I'll go pick up the kids. Got it. Take them home and then go back and coach again and usually when i'm coaching I'll, I'll jump in the session i'll do a bit of training myself as well just to keep yourself yeah when i'm in fight camp i'll go back for a uh, another session before i start coaching in the evening so i'll probably get the missus to pick up the kids and just train right so through. that's like two hard sessions and one kind of a medium session yeah so so in terms of mma like skill-based stuff it's two a day and then i get snc at like two o'clock What's SNC? Strength and conditioning. So I've got a strength okay. and conditioning guy. He does my strength and conditioning, but that's only like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Right. It's not, I don't feel like it takes too much out of you. I think he's a good SNC because he doesn't, he doesn't like tire me out too much. I do the SNC with him and then I'm, I'm still fresh to kind of keep training throughout the day, but I'm still building strength and gaining. This is the first time I've started it, to be honest. Okay. Um, so I'm going to see for this next fight camp how it goes because it's the first time incorporating proper strength and conditioning so how me. many fights have you currently had then so this is uh, I've had five now yeah, yeah, yeah I've had five as a professional and I've had as an amateur six so a total of 11 if you count everything have you won every single one or no so I took one loss as a um, an amateur yeah and I've taken one loss as a professional um, top level competition mm. I don't think I've lost to anyone that's not like a, Got it. a good level guy um, and it's always been, if I have lost, it's always been like a, like a razor's edge <laughs> in, in my professional fight that I lost. It was heartbreaking for me. Like it's the worst feeling in the world. Mm. But looking back at it, um, the guy was a, a black belt jujitsu guy. So he's good. And in the grappling exchange, I basically like almost, almost got the win and then lost out. And then he, he caught me out. Um, but you know it's a learning experience of course like, there's a few things that happened in that camp that I learned from a lot like my weight cut went terribly wrong <laughs> um, and I underestimated the guy completely and I wasn't focused at all like when I was walking into the arena I was looking in the crowd trying to see if I could see my mates because they told me they were coming to watch and got it so your mind was just in the wrong place I just wasn't focused man and, and I got caught cold and, and he showed up he was ready and I wasn't so, you know, when you have an opponent, because I remember when I used to just play tennis or badminton, mm. I used to really study my opponent, mm -hmm. like strategically, be like, okay, he goes there often, so I'm going to do this, or I'm going to yeah. trap him into here, do that. Do you, do you do that as well when it comes to fighting, or is it more like, I just want to finish this off? <laughs> no, definitely. I, I'm, I'm very much a, like a strategic person, like I break things down a lot, I like to look at like the the tactics and, and strategy behind stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, but I rely on my coach a lot more for the strategic breakdown. Because it takes time, right? You're studying. It takes time. I have a bias. Whenever I'm looking at someone, I'm always going to have a bias as, a, as looking at them as an opponent. I'm either going to build them up to be like, oh, this guy's really serious and he's taking really serious and then take everything serious. Or I'll, I'll like put him down, be like, oh, I'll smoke that guy, he does nothing. Mentally, useful. yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas the, my coach is, is someone who can look at it maybe from a bit more of a level-headed standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Right, and make a plan, and then we can stick to it. I really believe that you need a nutritionist, you need a strength and conditioning coach, you need a someone to run your training. Mm. 
you need someone to give you a plan and then you follow the plan and you action the plan. Myself, I've found that if I make plans, I always change them. I can never stick to a plan. If I'm, if I'm in charge, I've made a plan, I'll change the plan. I'll make a plan, I'll a change the plan. A training plan, right? Whatever it is, I'll right. go keto this week and then next week I want to be it. vegan. And like, I need someone to say to me, this is your plan, show up every day and do this. Mm. And, and that's what I found really works for me. Okay, but in order, to, 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 in order for someone to have that on your team, I suppose you need someone who you respect, right? As a yeah. coach or someone you fear a little bit. Yeah. yeah Not fear as in like that, but like... That's definitely an element of, of yeah. like, you can do this. And that's why I trust you to show me how yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So how do you decide as a, as a fighter who is the right coach or who is the right trainer for you? I guess I was lucky um, to have had the things pan out the way they did. Mm. From my amateur fight, the first person that came to corner me was my current coach, Aaron Wilkinson. Okay. And um, since then, our relationship has just kind of grown. First time I flew out and fought internationally, he came with me. And, and again, there was another level of, of, of learning and understanding from him. And it, it just so happens that he was the guy that I... I, I never found him and went, I'm going to go look for this guy. Yeah. He, he was just at the gym. I trained at top team, right? First, I went to top team. Is that Manchester top team? Manchester yeah? top team, yeah. Okay. So um, I didn't look at Manchester top team because of Aaron Wilkinson. I looked at Manchester top team because I wanted to see who's the top MMA athletes in, in Manchester right now, where are they training? Um, all the ones that are based in Manchester anyway, because there's mm. some from Manchester that don't train in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. And I found Manchester top team seems to be the place that, that to go. And then when I got there, I found Aaron. And, and it makes sense, right? You go to the top place, you find the, the best coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carl Prince as well. Those, those two guys are, are definitely um, amazing coaches and they added a lot to my game. Um, Improving every day though, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I've moved my camp now. I don't train at Top Team anymore. I train at Daywalkers now. Aaron uh, has opened his own spot. Where's Daywalkers? It's in Earlham, so it's just by um, the Shraff Centre, about 10 minutes okay. Ten minutes from the Shraff Centre. So that's where I'm training now, that's where I run all my coaching. And I just find with, with Top Team, because like I said, I found Top Team by thinking, who's the top guys? Let me search. Everybody does that. So what happened with Top Team was it became a really, really big gym with loads and loads and loads of people on the mat. And there's a time and place for that. And I still do pop down. But most of my training now is kind of behind closed doors in a smaller facility with, Makes with less people around. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Because when people get big, it's in any industry. If your infrastructures are not good and mm -hmm. your fundamentals, like it, it will have an impact on people because you can't keep an you can't keep an eye on everything. Exactly. So someone gets neglected. And at this stage that I'm at now, I really feel like I'm building towards. If if things carry on as they're projected. Yeah. I, I should be knocking on the door of some top promotions. I should be entering into the big leagues. And if I have even like a little misstep, yeah. a little fundamental thing that's not quite right, mm. something overlooked, it could be complete, completely undone by that. Got it, makes sense. What are the top three um, f companies out there, for example, in, in, the, in that fighting game? Who are they? Like top three uh, promotions? Yeah. I would say... One FC is, is, is up there, but I feel like it really caters to like the Asian market and I don't really feel like I would ever kind of 
fight in Sri Lanka or Malaysia or anywhere like that. Yeah. So I kind of look, obviously I'd say that's up there, but I'd look, put that one to the side because it doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. Um, I would look at probably the UFC, Bellator and PFL. Got it. As the top three. That Francis, he's Andrei. just yeah. signed up with PFL, right? Yeah, yeah, he's just signed with PFL, yeah. That, that would have given them a boost, right? Definitely gives them a boost and I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. I'm a featherweight, so I <laughs> <laughs> don't have to deal with no heavyweight. So featherweight, what weight is that then? You're a featherweight, right? Yeah, yeah. So what? when I get on the scale, I weigh 66 kilos. Okay, that's when you're fighting on the day you're fighting, or the day before day you're before. fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you weigh now? Today? Yeah. I don't want to say. <laughs> oh, is it because... That's no. true, because by the time it comes out, they yeah. might know, right? <laughs> so, okay, let's, let me ask you this way. <laughs> What's your walking weight, like, day-to-day? Day-to-day weight, if I'm, if I'm out of camp yeah. and I'm enjoying myself... That was a good, that's a, that was a good answer, that. Because <laughs> that's how people pick up things, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is what he walks yeah. around in. Yeah. I'm going to catch him here. I'm going to, yeah. When I'm in camp and I'm training hard... Yeah. I'm weighing about 76, 75. So that's not much. Not much, not too much. So for you, like the firefights that you've had, yeah. have, you, have you found cutting weight challenging or easy? I had one really, really bad weight cut mm. and the rest of them have been dead easy. The rest of them have been really, really easy. And the one really bad one, I kind of went into it and I was like, I've done this before, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's just do it like this. Because every other time we've done it, I feel like we've just wasted time. Um, so I was, I was wearing a tracksuit, we were in Abu Dhabi, it was the middle of summer, roasting hot. I wake up at like five, four, not even five, sorry, like four, three a.m. to start my weight cut on the day. Right. Um, so that I can be weighed in for eight, then rehydrate. So I'm up, I'm like, right, listen, I've got my tracksuit on. I don't want to take it off because I'm not going to want to put it back on again when it's full of sweat. Mm. So let's leave this tracksuit on. Last time we had to do three rounds in the sauna, in the sauna, under the towels, in the sauna, under the towels. That's what you do, right? You get in the sauna, heats you up, you get under the towels, that traps the heat in and your body starts to sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last time it took me at least three baths before I, uh, three sauna runs, sorry, before I managed to get close to my weight. So I said to my coach, I was like, listen, let's not mess around. We know it's going to be three times. Let's just go three times. Mm. So I did these three times and then I get on the scale after the three times, and I've lost like 0.3 of a kilo. That's I sh- it. I should have lost like three kilos. So right. I've lost like 10 times less than I expected to. Flipping <laughs> And at this point, I'm starting to experience heat exhaustion. Stress, like I, everything's I, just getting I'm to stressed you. out. I can't see, like my eyes, are, you know when you stand up too quick yeah. and your eyes go fuzzy? My eyes were like that for like 30, 40 minutes. Like wow. I couldn't see anything. Um, and you can't eat anything as well, right? No, I have to make weight. <laughs> I have to weigh in so I can't have anything to eat or drink I'm trying to take the water out I think what it was was I think the air was really humid mm. and the wet clothes were sitting on my skin and I just wasn't letting any more moisture out right I don't know why I think maybe my body could sense that there was water on my skin and yeah. it didn't want to release more like I think you have to dry it off because what we did then was I got in the sauna and we got the towel on me and I just dried off with the towel got it um, after taking like a good 30 minute break. So did you eventually make the weight? <laughs> so I was, uh, we managed to do another couple saunas and in 45 minutes we took off that, them three kilos that we needed to. Um, wow. So then I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done at this point. I'm so close to, to not quitting because I feel like no matter what, I'm going to get the weight off. I just like, I put it in my head 
They have the saying, like Libyans have the saying, you close your head. Like you put it in your head, you close your head and you just do it. Mm. And that's how, that's the approach I have to weight cutting, like regardless of how hard it is, I'm I just like going to get it done. Put it in your head, close it and just do <laughs> just it. Just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was going to make the weight no matter what, but it's the time sensitive thing. Mm. You're going to run out of time. So we had like 10 minutes left before weigh-ins. I walk in, I get on the scale, I'm like... 30 grams, I think it was, 30 grams over. And um, I'd had like a fresh haircut. So my hair had grown out a bit, I'd had a fresh haircut. So I just said, that's it. I, I remember walking from the sauna to the weigh-in area and there was barbers on the way. So I just walked back into the barbers. I've got like five minutes to do this. Yeah. And I just said, you need to shave my head now. And she didn't speak English. <laughs> so I just grabbed the clippers and just started Don't shaving my head. <laughs> Um, and then I got back on the scale and I weighed in wow. uh, on weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all worth it. In the but end. you were still like re done by this point, right? Like exhausted. At this I was point. exhausted, definitely. Do you I see was... your opponent at this stage? Mm, yeah. So could he look at you and if he's if his weight cuts going good, then he'd be like, like you're done, you mate. There's definitely an element it, of that. Mind game. There's definitely an element of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't that much of the time for me to see him and him to see me, and I think. Got it. Um, I don't think I've seen him when I weighed in because I was the last one to weigh in. I think he might have weighed in and gone home. Got it. But i definitely seen him in the time running up to it. He was dead friendly though. He was really nice. He wasn't, he wasn't like a, a mind games kind of... You get guys that are mind game guys. Yeah, yeah. And then you get guys who are just a bit more like friendly. He was a lot friendlier. I'm a bit more like friendly. Like I'm not really too bothered. Like we're going to get in the cage and we're going to fight regardless. So there's so. a lot of respect there, Tan. Yeah, definitely respect. Like... You, you, but you've got to be a little bit of a marketer as well, right? I'm terrible at marketing. I wish I was better. I wish I was better. I know, I'd be the worst. Yeah, yeah. I would literally demolish you with my oh, words. Oh, you'd go for it, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Oh, uh, no. I but, really um, struggle with it. Okay, so this is one thing I really wanted to always know, is that see the cutting weight part. Mm. How, what is the best way to cut a lot of weight quick. Hey YouTube, I'm really sorry to cut you off, but I have to share this with you. I want you to get to your next level, and I believe that personal development is the gateway to success. So what I've done is I've gone and created a seven day free audio course. This is totally free. All you have to do is sign up, and from day one till day seven, every single day, you will receive a two minute audio from me, which will elevate your mindset and give you power in your business. Make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it. Because mm -hmm. I, I take it you left it till a few days before or, or a day before. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just like a week or two weeks or even a month prior to it start losing a bit, do a bit more, Yeah. you know, conditioning work or cardio or whatever? Yeah. Why would you not do that? It's like a balance because I want to lose weight quick yeah. so that I can get back to a heavier weight. If I lose the weight five weeks in advance, yeah. the weight cut's going to be easier but when I come back from it, I'm not going to be able to get to in a the good fight. Weight. Yeah, yeah. You want to be like stronger. Isn't so it? in the fight, I want to be the same weight that I've been training at. Makes sense. And the point of weight cutting is to kind of gain an advantage. I want to be bigger than the guy, really. Mm. And um, anyway, you can give me an advantage. I'm going to take it. Do you know what I mean? But would that not have an impact on your strength and conditioning? Yeah, that's why you have to. You have to. You have to know your balance. Very you carefully your balance it. That's why I, li I like to just give it to my strength and conditioning coach, my nutritionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in charge of that now. Previously, I didn't used to do any strength and conditioning, wow. and I would just do the weight cut however I do it, however, cut out carbs 
two weeks beforehand, um, only dry, boring food, no salt, no flavor, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's kind of come in and he's been like, actually, you can eat a lot of that stuff that you're not eating. Mm. And now I'm going into weight cuts a lot less stressed out, a lot more relaxed. Yeah. The weight cut is still intense. It's still a big deal. But just prior to the weight cut and immediately afterwards, I feel a lot better. I understand. Yeah. So if I if I if I'm seventy five yeah. and I want to get down to seventy five sixty five in a week. Yeah. What is the quickest and fastest way to do that? If I, if I started Monday and I wanted that result by Sunday. So you do um, you do water loading. So you start to increase the amount of water that you drink. So break that down in details for me. So yeah. So, so Monday, so how much water, how much water would I so drink? I think there's a set number of, of liters that you drink per body weight. Okay. I'm not sure exactly how much it is, but I normally drink like seven, eight liters, liters of water. Monday. Yeah. Tuesday as well. Same again. Wednesday. Wednesday. I think same again. I've got it all written down. Somewhere. Yeah. So what about your food intake? What's that like? So then, then you're going to start reducing carbs. Right, because every carb, every gram of carb holds on to like four grams of water, I think. Something like that, yeah. 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 So so you remove your carbs, or at least as much as you can. Yeah. You limit your carbs, and you start to drink water to like flush out everything. Like as the water goes through you, yeah. it attaches to, to things and takes it out of your body. Takes it out of your body. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of like rinse in. Do you increase your protein? Um, I don't increase it, but I will eat mostly protein and fat. Okay, good fats though, right? Not, yeah, not like avocado. a chocolate or something. No, no, yeah, like yeah, avocado, yeah. Um, like nuts. Got it, yeah. Stuff like that. Really, really boring food, really, yeah, yeah, to yeah. be honest. And limit carbs and then flush everything out with the water. So six, six, seven, seven litres till, till Sunday or till Friday? I think you cut, so, so then you do a 24-hour no food, right? Yeah. So, so the, say you're weighing in on Friday, yeah. Thursday, 12 o'clock, you stop eating, you stop drinking. And I think... Um, Wednesday, I'm not sure if you drink just as much, you might drink a little bit less. But basically, drink loads of water, loads of water, loads of water, and then you drink nothing and eat nothing for 24 hours. And go in the sauna. And, and then you need to cut the last bit of weight, so then you need to jump in the sauna. Or some people jump under towels. Some people will just put a sweatsuit on and run. Treadmill. Treadmill. How long do you run for, though? Just keep running? <sighs> I don't run. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I think it's too much. I think it's too Because I've seen Khabib doing a lot of running. Yeah, I think it's a lot, a lot of stress on the body to make yourself run. When you're sitting in a bath, yeah, it's stressful because you've got no water in you and you're tired. Mm. But at least you can just be sat there doing nothing. If you feel like that and you've got to then go and run, I feel like that's a lot of work. How does sitting in a bath with water, you lose weight? It's, it's hot water, so it makes you sweat. Right. The hot water makes you sweat. What it is, is if you get in a sauna, mm. everything in your body is exposed to the heat. Mm. So you get more effective heat on like your brain and your head and stuff. Um, and, and I think, I'm not too clear on the science of it all, but yeah. from what I understand, you get in the hot bath, the water allows the heat to travel to you a bit better. It transfers the heat a bit better into your body. And because your head's out of it, your head's not getting heated so up So it's up to much. there, your water's up to there. Yeah, 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 your head's out. So you're not getting your brain heated as much. So I think it's better on your head. Right. Again, there's, there's, there's a couple of studies on it. I've not read through them. Um, I'm not 100% sure on the science of it. It's mad that, isn't it? Yeah, at this point, I kind of like that I have someone to just ask, like, what do I do? And yeah, you've got a professional around He kind of just tells you, me, right? right? Yeah, it makes it a lot easier for me. Right, okay. Cauliflower is... <laughs> 
tell me about them. Like, yeah. how long did it take you to get them, and how do you get them? What is it? People just grabbing hold of your ears, then they just swell, or what? What is it? Yeah. So, so um, your ears get rubbed against uh, when you're grappling and stuff. Mm. A lot of people like framing, pushing on your head, shoving them about, and and usually, or for me, this is what happened: is my ears started to get really like tender, and they were red, and they started to swell a little bit, and then it's just like a one-time impact. So for this one. I um, shot a double, I caught an elbow right on my ear, and that's it then, instantly just inflated like a big ball, like a big golf ball on my ear. The first time, right? That's the first time, yeah. And then you kind of stick a needle in it, and you pull all the, all, all the, all the blood out of your ear, and then you're meant to get two magnets and pinch it together so it can heal. Right. Um, unfortunately for me, every single time I've got cauliflower ear, it's like, two weeks before a fight and I don't have the because once you get it pinned like that together with the magnet you need to leave it like 24 48 hours and not train or do anything and then again no contact for like two weeks hmm. but I've always got them two weeks before a fight right and I'm just not willing to pull out of a fight for the sake of an ear so I just keep training and they come back and then you drain them again and then so when you say that you got to get a magnet and go like that, yeah, who does that? I suppose a professional, like a doctor or something? No, or? no. I went to the doctors um, with this cauliflower ear and um, I went to MRI and the guy was like really nervous. He was shaking and he's saying, I need to cut your ear open and do this and that and the other. And I was like, listen, you don't need to do any of that. I've had it drained already in the past. Yeah. Just get a syringe. Put it in my ear, drain it. A syringe of what though? It. Just any syringe? Just an empty syringe. So so at the moment, well, I've not had to do it for a while, but what I'll do is I'll get, um, you can get insulin um, needles from the, for, yeah, from the chemist. And I find they work the best uh, for me. But he wanted to do all this mad surgical stuff and I just said to him, no, you're not doing it. I went home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky my missus is a nurse, so she's used to using needles. She has to inject people with stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I just get her to do it. But I just wanted local anaesthetic. I just wanted him to anaesthetize my ear, put a local on it so I can't feel it, and then do it. Because it's honestly, I'd say, it's worse than bad toothache. And I've had some really bad toothache. Yeah, toothache is not good. I would say it's worse than toothache. Yeah. Like throbbing pain, really, really uncomfortable, horrible, horrible really? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really I guess it's attached to your brain or somewhere, right? It's, it's so right nerves, by, isn't it? Yeah, it's right by there. Sleeping is almost impossible. Now it's fine. It's just solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you get hit and then it just explodes. Yeah. Now, now, even if I get hit, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. So that means your nerves in your ears are gone, aren't they? There's yeah. No, there's know. no nerves there, is it? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> In the in the game of UFC, yeah, in the like in in the mixed martial arts space, yeah, who do you the top five name the top five well known fighters? Who do you respect? I think you can't mention the top five without talking about guys like Islam. Instead of saying top five, what what, what I'll reframe that to any f five, mm -hmm. so not any in order. Who would yeah. you like if you had to pick five? I want to sit down and have a meal with five. Okay, nice. With five. Yeah. MMA fighters. Yeah. Who would you pick? The person I watched most mm. growing up was George George Saint Pierre. Okay. Yeah, he has to. He he would have to be at that table. Um, I'd love to sit down with uh, Habib. Yeah. Islam. I know they're probably gonna say similar stuff. Yeah. But you can't you can't uh, disrespect the domination that they've shown. Yeah. Um, Oliveira. 
Oliveira. Charles okay. Oliveira. The Brazilian guy. Yeah, yeah? he yeah. seems like he'd have an interesting story. He kind of went through like a, um, a career resurgence. So even though he might not have been dominant for a long time, you saw him kind of get into the UFC, struggle, and then make a mad comeback. So yeah, I think yeah. that'd definitely be worth talking to him about. And then finally, I'd have to put Volkanovski in there, you know. Just okay. the level of, of, uh, of competition he's fought is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And are these all your, your weight size fighters? Not far off. So I've fought at lightweight and, 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 um, and featherweight. And most recently, I fought at 74, which is like light welterweight, they call it. Okay. I had a last minute pullout. So I went up two weight classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that last name you mentioned, is he, is he from Australia? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he yeah, the guy yeah. that fought Islam? Yeah. So there might be a little kickoff at the dinner table, you know. <laughs> you know I'm sure they respect each other though, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you respect Conor McGregor? Yeah, I'd say I respect him. I wouldn't say that his way of doing things is anything like my way of doing things. Yeah. I think we're different sides of the same coin. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine because you can yeah. disagree with people but still talk to them, right? I've got people that I train with that I'm very friendly with that are much more like that where they like to do the whole shit talking. Yeah. They like to be very mouthy. I just feel like you should really stay in your lane in terms of what you're gifted at and what you can do mm. and kind of understand what comes naturally to you and what doesn't come naturally to you. Yeah. And if I started trying to trash talk, I'd probably just make everybody laugh. I don't <laughs> think it would be, and not in a like, oh, he's so funny, but like, you know, what the hell is he doing kind of yeah, way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't come naturally to me. Got I it. don't have the gift of the gab like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, but he has done a lot for the sport, right? Definitely. Yeah, he's um, brought a lot of attention, a lot of money into the sport, a lot of eyes on the sport. Yeah. Do you think he's done now? Or do you think he's got so much money where the focus is just not there anymore? I think he'd struggle to compete at the top level mm. and I don't think um, he'll ever be able to get back to that but that's not to say that he's not good yeah like a lot of the time people see people slip from that top rank yeah and they kind of think oh it must be a bit crap and it's like not really the the level of, of um, competition there is so high mm. it just takes one little misstep to kind of lose it all you know you have to be perfect yeah, I've heard he's uh, preparing to come back uh, to fight Michael Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who do you think wins that fight? I think Chandler stands a good chance, you know. I think he mm. does. I think either one of them, they're a bit like glass cannons, aren't they? So, so it just depends on who smashes first, right? Mm. Like McGregor, yeah, I've never seen McGregor kind of do well in the later rounds. He's kind of an early round fighter, comes out hard. And um, Chandler, again, like, I'm surprised his body can hold up to the kind of punishment he puts it through. Yeah. Um, so whoever wins, I reckon it'll be within the first two rounds. And I think it could go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with you um, fighting, you invest, how do you invest your money? Do you, are you making enough money to invest? Like, how do you invest your money when you're making it? Have you got good people around you? Or, or at this stage, you just focused on increasing your revenue? I've got, like, a small... Um, Small uh, crypto portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that, bro. Yeah. Your crypto portfolio. Uh, I, I don't. I don't decide anything for myself. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, my brother. My brother's kind of into it. He does a lot of reading on it. Okay. And um, he makes uh, he makes a lot of decisions for me. He'll say to me, "I'll buy this." Buy this. That. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's kind of um, like like main 
mainline mm. stuff, no alternative stuff, like a lot of mainline stuff. Mm. Um, but again, like he'll just tell me, like, it's a good idea to put some money into this, put a bit of money into it. Anything else <laughs> or not at this stage? Not at this stage. At this stage, I'm still kind of in a building phase. Got it. So I'm really focusing on kind of reinvesting and building um, your coaching, my and... coaching business. At the moment, that's a, quite a big focus for me since I decided I'm not going to pick the tools up again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mind picking them up. I did them for my house because I just moved into a house. I kind of did all the renovations myself. Um, and I wouldn't mind doing a bit of work here and there. But generally, I kind of want to put the tools down now and really, really focus on building a coaching business uh, to the point where I can have a couple of people working, working under, under me and then I can kind of take a step back. Got it. So see your coaching business. Is it at a very early stage at the minute? Um, I would say so, yeah. Okay, Definitely. so have you found any struggles with business in terms of coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, I have trouble with marketing myself and kind of letting people know what I'm doing and kind of attracting attention. I'm currently talking with a um, potential business partner who's going to kind of take over a lot of the marketing aspects for me, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd say that's my main downs for, like in terms of coaching, I don't think you could find uh, someone who's more dedicated to the craft yeah. and more dedicated to seeing people develop. And that's what I, I kind of specialize in is like taking people who are maybe outsiders to the sport and kind of giving them a route in, saying, look, this is what I do, this is how I train, let's get you a fight, yeah, let's yeah. take you from nothing to something. Yeah, well, you know what? It's interesting you say that because most business owners have the same problem. Mm. But it's just because we've never been taught it, so it's just we have to learn on the go kind of thing. Yeah. So, last few questions then. So, if somebody walks into your gym and says, I want to be a fighter, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you look for to see that if this person's got potential or, or not? So, I, I like to see a few things, um, and most of them are not necessarily like talents, right? So one thing I really like to see in people is them not to ask how long they're going to be doing something for. If someone tells me they want to be a fighter and I'm coaching them, not that I'll like um, disregard them if they do this, but I really like it when people are kind of like, okay, this is the work, you've asked me to do this, I'm going to crack on with this. I'm not going to worry about what is next. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to give my 100% into what you've given me and I'm not going to worry about getting tired. Because mm. that fear of getting tired is usually what makes people tired because mm. they're so worried about mm -hmm. being tired. And that's a big problem, like being tired. Um, so if you've not got that fear in you from the get-go, you're a lot easier to work with. You're going to get your conditioning easier because you're not afraid to do the work to get it. Um, another thing is kind of not being afraid to to get hit. Some people can build it. Some people naturally just have it. And then some people can never learn it. And I don't know what that is. I wouldn't say never learn it. That's probably a bit unfair. There are some people I have seen never learn it. Mm. Whether they could or can't, I, I couldn't tell you. But there's some people that I've seen that would never learn it. And the fear of getting hit is, is, a, is a big one, right? Because it makes you make mistakes, which lead to you getting hit. Um, so Seems like a mindset issue, though, isn't it? A lot of it, a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is mindset. And, and regardless of where you start from, whether you're a bit overweight or I've had people come in and they're like dead skinny and they're a bit feeble, they don't have much strength behind them. But they've got the right attitude towards it. They show up, they show up on time, they show up every time. Then, then they make massive amounts of progress. Like with anything in life, right? Yeah. How do you, 
this is what I really want to know. So any tips and tricks you can give to someone where they can strengthen their mindset? Mm -hmm. I think you just have to set a task and complete it. And the problem that most people have with that is that when they set the task, they set the task that they want to get to, mm. right? But you have to be realistic and you have to set a task for where you're at, not where you want to be. Say I want to I wanna be uh, able to run a marathon. Mm and I set the task of running a marathon, I'm never gonna get there. It's, it's too big a task. I've given myself a massive step, right? But if I break the marathon down into individual steps and I set my task of taking 100 of them steps tomorrow and I go out for a walk and walk 100 steps every single day, then that becomes 200, that becomes 300, that becomes five kilometers, that becomes 10 kilometers, 20, 40, which is a marathon, 44 kilometers. I'll get there. Right, so it's about setting a goal, making sure you action that goal, but then keeping that goal within an easy point for you. So break it down into into parts where you think, yeah. right, this is first. I'm going to do this in, yeah. then that, then that. And whatever you think you can do, maybe half it, and make sure you do that consistently. Because what I can do tomorrow, I might not be able to do when I'm tired and I've got a bunch of other things on my mind. So it's always better to kind of set your expectations to an achievable place and then just consistently hit that goal and then maybe ramp it up a bit. I think that's great advice that, yeah. So for you, have you got any fights coming up? Any any faces you're gonna smash or what, what's <laughs> happening? So I've got a few talks of uh, a few different opportunities for me. Um, I kinda need to stay ready for all of them. Hopefully early July, I should be fighting on a uh, quite a big show in yeah. Germany, PFL. Um, We'll see how that goes. I've not, I've not got 100% confirmation yet, but I'm hoping to, to be fighting early July. If not September time, there should be something in the works for then as well. Okay, okay. Well, before we finish this, wrap this up, anything you want to say to the younger generation or, or people that are coming into the game or anything you can just share or anything? I would, I would say that um, don't waste your time. Pick what you want to do, have a go at it, and if you find out that you didn't like it, then you've learned something and move on to the next thing. Don't wait and, and hide behind a job title yeah. or hide behind what you think people should do or what, what you think people would expect of you. Kind of pick a lane, go for it, and if it doesn't work out, you learn something and you can, you can try another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was great. I'll tell you what, one more question. What generally pisses you off? <laughs> Um, I'm really, uh, I'm really not a really a big fan of, of entitlement. Explain I really don't that. like entitlement. So like when someone kind of shows up somewhere and they kind of expect me to do something for them mm. or they expect to be treated a certain way, I really think you've got to earn your, earn your stripes. Start, I, I grew up in a big family, right? You have to fight for a spoon. You have to fight for a place at the table. And when someone shows up and they're kind of like, oh, where's my seat? Like, mm, get out of here, man. Like, show me that you deserve it and then you can, you can sit at the table with us. I like so that. Uh, entitlement is not, not one I want for me. Earn your stripes, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother, thank you for coming on. Nice one. We'll put everything in the description below. People will reach out to you. And Spot on. I think that's been, I mean, I've just been locked in. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode insightful. And if you did, make sure you subscribe so you won't miss the next one. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week. So I'll see you there.